When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the South End Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, alongside my good friend, Jason Bailey. Jason, how you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself, bro? Good, man. I'm tired. Had a long week, but uh, got some days off. Wish it was college football season, but now all we've got to do is talk about it. We're going to preview the SEC on this episode. It's our first real episode of South End Zone Podcast. Last week, we did our pilot. I uh, thought it was a real success. Got some feedback. We're going to try to make things better for our listeners and we'll take advice if you want to get in touch with us you can find us on twitter at south end zone pod you can find our podcast on all major podcast publishing platforms as of this week we are now on apple podcast spotify Castbox, and all major podcast distributors so this week we're going to get into the southeastern conference my favorite conference and um, a lot of people think it's been the uh, the power conference for i don't know the last 10 years would you say jason uh well yeah really since uh Pretty much since Saban got hired, I guess. I mean, it started a little bit before that with Florida and um, LSU. But yeah, since Alabama and Saban have kind of, you know, he's pretty much become the standard. I think everybody knows that. Really not much to talk about there, but there's uh, a lot of things have changed in college football because of, you know, the dominance that the SEC has uh, experienced and everybody wants to you know, get to that point. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of that, but I think the rest of the conference has still got a way to go depth wise. So I think it is a good starting place. We're going to get into the SEC West first. Jason, you want to bring us in? SEC West. What we're going to do here is we're going to run over the the projected win totals from Vegas of each team. And like you said, we're going to start in the West and I think we'll just go ahead and start at the top. I'm going to uh, read these uh, win totals to you. We'll start at the top. Vegas is predicting Alabama at 11 and a half wins. And what I want you to do is give me your over or under for each West team. And uh, like I said, we'll start with Alabama, 11 and a half. Hunter, are you over or under 11 and a half for Alabama? Uh, I think you'd, you'd be a fool to bet the under. Uh, you know, you'd be a fool to bet against Nick Saban and that team. They're returning 11 starters which only three of which are on the offensive side of the ball and eight on defense. To me, that that's the kicker is Saban is known for fielding teams with solid defense and having eight returning starters in a Nick Saban coach defense is, is scary. I mean, some of the best Alabama teams we've seen weren't because they were spectacular in the offensive side of the ball. It's because of the defense. Offense scores points, defense wins ball games. That's That's been my philosophy. I think that's Nick Saban's philosophy as well. 
that said, I think Alabama will struggle to move the ball early on. They need to find their footing, but I think the defense will keep them in every single game that they play. Um, defense is going to dictate a lot of that. They do have some tough games. You know, they're going to be playing Florida. They got to go to Florida and at Texas A&M, and they're going to be hosting LSU, unfortunately for me. <laughs> and um, they got to go to Auburn for the Iron Bowl. So it doesn't matter how good Auburn is or how bad Auburn is. We but we all know that those games anybody can win. We've seen it. Unfortunately, Jason, you've lived it. I remember the <sighs> the punt return for touchdown. Yeah, well, that that's small potatoes compared to some of the stuff I went through before Saban showed up. You know, I mean, I went through six years straight of losses to Auburn, and uh, God, I gotta say, I, I don't. I don't ever want to go through that again, but, you know, I'm sure there'll come a day. But as a quick, you know, rundown of what you just said, yeah, to your point, I agree with you. I think those three games you mentioned uh, on the road at Florida, at A&M, at Auburn, I think those are the three games that are going to define their season. Um, The LSU game, yeah, last year, that's an outlier, 55 to 17 or whatever it was that that's not going to happen this year. It'll be a a, a much closer game. LSU will be improved. and um, so. Outside of those four teams, I really don't see anybody else on their schedule that's going to challenge them. But that being said, if I was going to, you know, playing devil's advocate to your betting the over, uh, I'm, I would take the under. I do think they will drop a game. Um, being on the road at Florida, on the road at Auburn, at A&M especially, A&M's the one that I've really kind of got circled there because if they manage to find a quarterback, I think they'll be a lot better. And you got a freshman quarterback. You know, pretty much Bryce Young, he played mop up duty last year. So young quarterback, never started a big game. You got him going to hostile environments, full crowds this year. Uh, I I think there's a good chance they could drop a game this year. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, they won't end up in the playoffs or, Uh, you know, in the SEC title game, depending on how their rest of their season goes. But I could easily see him dropping a game this year. So if I was going to bet on it, I would bet the under. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, traveling to Florida. Now, Florida's going to have a young team, too. We'll, We'll get into the SEC east later on but uh you know that's going to be their first real test is at florida you know they're playing miami and mercer which miami isn't the same miami that we're used to and uh i don't know that's you know mercer i don't even know who mercer is (laughs) sorry Uh, if you're a mercer fan (laughs) if you're if you're a mercer fan please email us and let us know what state your college is in so we can actually get smarter i do want to take that opportunity to move on to the next team you know, who I would consider probably the number two in the SEC West going into the season, and that is Texas A&M. Vegas has got them at nine and a half. So nine and a half, Hunter, over or under? I think going over. I mean, look at the returning 15 starters. That's a lot of people, man. Nine on defense, six on offense. So they had a pretty solid defense last year. They were young. Now they're, they have experience under their belt. They've got, I mean, everybody in the SEC West, in the SEC in general, but especially the SEC West has a tough schedule. And, you know, Texas A&M isn't a slouch either, but they get to host Alabama, which is huge for them. You know, they'll be going to College Station to face the Aggies. Then they have to go to LSU the last game of the season. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be a night game and I'll be going to it. And it's tough to play in Baton Rouge at night. I don't care how good you are. It's just tough. The outlier for me is, they're, are they starting a freshman at quarterback? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Hayes King is kind of the, you know, sort of the favorite, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no telling. I mean, he could play one or two games and then it could be somebody else. It just, but I think he's the favorite currently to start. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he he threw four passes last year and completed two of them. That's it. <laughs> right. So, there again, I think, you know, it's like I kind of touched on earlier. I, they've got to find a quarterback. If they manage to do that, I think they could, you know, be really good. Yeah, I think time will tell. But uh, like I said, there's a lot of fresh blood in the SEC West this year, especially a quarterback. Got a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that don't have a lot of playing time. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'll, any team that returns that many starters on the defensive side of the ball, I'm always going to be in favor of that team. Yeah, I'm actually in agreement with you. I would bet the over on a nine and a half. I would take over, um, especially, you know, looking at their briefly touching on their schedule. I mean, the majority of their tough games are at home, especially the Alabama game. You know, the questionable like South Carolina. You know, they got to go on the road to Missouri and going on the road to Ole Miss will be tough because, I mean, we all know Kiffin could, a guy can score 50 points with, you know, 11 Chinamen on offense. So, I mean, that, uh, but, you know, and then at LSU to close the season, God, I hope it's another, hope maybe it'll be another seven overtime game, 72 to 74. Love to see that, but. <laughs> no, fuck you. No. <laughs> but. You know, I stayed up to watch that game. Oh, God. I'm, and I had to work the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> only to lose well i i fell asleep in uh i think after the sixth overtime and i woke up and it ended in uh a&m's favor i was like wow can't believe that but you know that's a toss-up going to lsu and like you said it's probably going to be a night game um you know but looking and besides lsu and old miss and alabama i don't see anybody on their schedule that i think can beat them um you know, I really like Isaiah Spiller. They're running back. The dude went off last year as a freshman. You know, they got they got some beasts up front on both sides of the ball, really, but especially on offense. And so I really like Spiller this year. I think he puts up like video game numbers. So Yeah. Averaged five and a half yards a carry. Yeah. The dude's a monster. So if uh they keep pounding the rock with him and you know, Jimbo, the guy, he's a guru at quarterback. So surely to God he'll find somebody. Yeah, so I agree with you. I'm taking the over. I think I think they come out of Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss with at minimum one win, if not two. So I think ten wins. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a very doable thing for them. Yeah, I mean ten wins and strip the schedule for Texas A&M is 25 out of the 128. So for the SEC West, that's a pretty favorable schedule when you consider everything <sighs> yeah, else. It's not Arkansas schedule, which we'll get to in a minute. <sighs> What a what a gauntlet! Moving on, um, I'm going to move on to your boys, to the LSU, the Tigers. I'm going to move on to them. And first of all, I'd like to say what an absolute abysmal performance last year. But you know, yeah. I think it's a complete and utter outlier. You know, getting gutted like that in the draft. I mean, they lost what 14 yeah. players to the draft on top of. I think all told, it was what thirty-four players that they lost to either graduations or the draft, and fourteen underclassmen. I mean, that just—you can't come back from something like that and lose your high, yeah, and lose your Heisman quarterback, lose your running back, your best receivers. I mean, you you just can't do it and expect yeah. to reload like that, even with a team that recruits as well as LSU. So, Vegas has got them at eight and a half wins. I think this is a great thing for LSU because no one's talking about them really, you know, because they were so bad last year at times, but they did close out the season really well, you know, especially beating Florida because, you know, Florida likes to throw shoes. But uh, 
anyway, yeah. So eight and a half. What do you got over or under? Man, it's tough. Don't be a homer. <laughs> I wanted to say eight, but I really do. Because of the fact that LSU is bringing back 18 starters, they're bringing back nine on both sides of the ball. Miles Brennan has experience. He's got a year under his belt now. I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainties on the offensive side of the ball, but I think defensively, we're going to be much better. And I keep going back to this theme because I don't care how good your offense is. If you can't stop them on defense, you're not going to win championships. You're not going to win the games that matter. Yeah, see, Look at the Big 12. Yeah, see old Miss, you know. Yeah, see old Miss. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the Florida game last year, we should have lost that game. Guy throws a shoe, we win. I mean, whatever. I'll take it. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> that's got to be that's got to be some kind of record that there can't be another game that's been lost that way. So, you know, they did set a record that way at least, but uh anyway, please continue. Yeah. So they kick off the season. They got to go to UCLA. Now, if they're not careful, they could drop that one. I mean, UCLA, UCLA is not a slouch, but they should win that game handily. Oh, um, granted, you know, first game of the year, they're going to be traveling. You know, I don't know what kind of COVID restrictions there's going to be in place. It's just, it's not going to be a home game. We're used to kicking off the season at home and we're not. So that said, we come back, play McNeese State, Central Michigan. Then we go to Mississippi State as kind of a a warm-up to the SEC West, if you will. Yes, I might be being a homer, but we should beat Mississippi State. Yeah, they're going to be out. They're going to be out for blood after giving up uh, close to 700 yards passing last year. That was a shit show of a game, man. Looking back at it, I, I, I still don't understand it. I mean, I went back and watched some of the tape, and oh, good God. I mean, that they looked completely and utterly lost on the field, the whole defense. I mean, they, like, they couldn't even yep. get lined up, weren't getting the play calls in. It was bad. I mean, there was wide open guys. Even the guys that like that were catching the passes, there were other receivers that were wide open too. And then they kind of cleaned it up after that. So, you know, late in the season, like I said, they started yeah. to buy in. I don't know. I think a lot of it came down to to being a, an extremely young football team. I mean, like I said, they just got gutted. I mean, there was hardly any. I can't remember the numbers, but we had, I think it was less than eight returning starters total. And they were a deep football team before that. So, uh, I think the fact that if you watch that Mississippi State LSU game and then watch the last football game of the season for LSU, it is a completely different team. You could see how they matured. They didn't all have deer in the headlight looks. I mean, it was, they were much more established and, and efficient with the football. To me, it's unfortunately, it's always the, the question mark with LSU is the quarterback play. Granted, we don't have less miles anymore. Thank goodness. So we're not quite so one dimensional. Uh, but going forward, I think we'll be okay. Because we've recruited well. Uh, we get to host Auburn, we get to host Florida. Obviously, we got to go to Alabama, but we get to host Texas A&M. So the schedule is in favor of LSU. With that being said, LSU's strength of schedule is 13 of 128. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say nine. I'm going to say they win nine games. I actually agree with you. Again, um, I'm, I'm on board with that too. I think they will be the SEC's most improved team. I really do. I mean, after going, what, five and five a year ago, I don't see any way they lose five games. I, I just, I'm looking at the schedule. I would be blown away if they lost five games. They do have some tough road tests. You know, I don't, okay. Now, I do disagree with you about the uh, UCLA game. I don't think they lose that game. I think they boat race UCLA. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't think they lose. I think if they fuck around, they could lose it. I think they come out and just set the tone. Chip Kelly, now, I, <laughs> 
let me let me preface this by saying I am biased against that guy. I can't stand Chip Kelly. He's my most hated coach in college football. I don't like him. He's a joke. The fact that he gets paid millions of bucks to coach football makes me laugh. Um, but that being said, I think LSU crushes them. They're not even remotely close on par with LSU as far as talent goes, recruiting, those kinds of things. I think Brennan, all those guys coming back, I think they just crush UCLA in the opener. But after that, two cupcakes and at Mississippi State, I ain't buying into Leach. I think that's a win. I think they're 4-0 and going back home to host Auburn. You know, Harson, we don't know what he's got. But then going on the road to Kentucky, that to me is the first kind of real road test. That could be a tricky game. They do have quite a bit of talent. But then you've got Florida at home. I don't think Florida's got enough experience coming back. You know, they lose Tony, they lose Pitts, they lose oh, yeah. Trask. Florida got gutted. Yeah, they got gutted big time. So I just don't think they've got enough offensive firepower to, you know, really contend on the road with LSU for four quarters. And, you know, then you got to go back on the road to face Kiffin, an old miss. Now, going to Alabama, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, if we still had all those big freaks we had last year at Alabama, you know, me as a fan, that's a toss-up in my opinion, too. I mean, LSU arguably has far more experience on offense than Alabama does this year. So then you got Arkansas at home, ULM, Cupcake, and then Texas A&M at home. So I think best case for them, if they can manage to beat A&M at the end of the year, would be the 10-2, and two, which is obviously over 8.5. But I think 9-3 and three is very doable. So I agree. I'm going to go over. Yeah. Not only is it doable, it's expected down here, okay? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you get, uh, you get, uh, you get about three years just about anywhere. And, uh, what, what year is this for Orgeron now? This is his fifth season. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> clock's ticking. What you mean clock's ticking? He just won a national championship. Well, in 2019, then he went five and five. Yeah, Alabama and, fans, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, listen, hey. Guy goes one season without winning a title. You want to, you want to throw the book at him. Yeah, well, let me be the first to tell you that Alabama fans are the worst. We have the worst fan base me, outside, outside of the Philadelphia Eagles because they booed Santa Claus. Yeah, who who booed Santa Claus? <laughs> Threw snowballs at him. You Philly fans are tough, but, uh, you know, we lose a game and people are, I, I hear Alabama fans going, oh my God, we need to fire Nick Saban. And I'm going, do you even watch football? Do you even understand the game? No, you don't. Just stop talking. So surely, surely no one ever actually says that. No, they do. I swear to God, it happens. I mean, you hear who who would they replace him with? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, sure. Fire the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Most fans just they're screaming at the TV saying, why didn't we run the ball? Why didn't we call timeout? But Orzeron, I think, is a good coach. I think he's a good recruiter. I think he gets it back on track this year. And I agree with you. Nine and three. 10 and 2 at best. Moving on from there, and we touched on them a little bit, talking about a tough road test for them. Ole Miss, Kiffin. <laughs> my, Kiffin. My, my, my favorite Twitter troll, man. I mean, he's he's every bit as good as like Brooks Kepka, you know, trolling people on Twitter. Now, their schedule is, I mean, it's pretty brutal if I'm just being honest. I don't like their schedule, but, you know, I'll let you go over that. Vegas has got them at seven and a half wins. Uh, what? Do you, no way. I, I, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. What? Give, no me, way. give me your take. Uh, over or under seven and a half. Give me your take. I think I'm definitely under 
And I think at best, they win seven games. Looking at the schedule, they're going to go to Alabama. They're going to host LSU. They're going to go to Auburn, hosting Texas A&M. They're bound to drop a game against Mississippi State, Tennessee, shit, maybe even Arkansas. You never know because Arkansas is returning a lot of kids. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see the numbers, man. To me, that's the easiest bet in the game right now. This old mess. See, on now the you you failed to mention one game on their schedule that I think will be the most interesting game of their season. That's against Liberty. Hugh Freeze coming back to town to face his old team that fired him for you know the call girl scandal. So. You know, and those guys can play. Liberty can play with anybody. You know, they got Malik Willis. He's a big freak. I mean, they. I think that's one of the more interesting storylines of the year is Hugh Freeze coming back to face Ole Miss and Kiffin. There might be 90 points scored on each side in that game. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm saying. I mean, Ole Miss, in a perfect season, they win eight games, and that's with no screw-ups. So that's why I just can't. I mean, Lane Kiffin... Well, he did get fired on the tarmac at, you know, USC. You're fired, Jack. I like Kiffin as a coordinator. I'm not sure. He's a good coordinator. Yeah, I'm not sure how good of a head coach he is, but I do think the time he spent with Saban, you know, probably helped him there a little bit. But at the same time, he can't keep his mouth shut. He's going to troll people on Twitter. He's going to be flashy and do all the things he does. But the marriage with Ole Miss is a bit strange to me. But man, I mean, you saw it last year in the Bama game. Those dudes, they can play with anybody. I mean, they dropped 48 on Bama last year. Nobody else even sniffed doing that except Florida. And they had, you know, big freaks all over the field with Tony and Pitts and Trask. So, well, I mean, Alabama's defense last year was, wasn't their best that they've ever had. Subpar for sure. Definitely, definitely subpar for Alabama standards. And the secondary was particularly bad, which, Normally, Alabama gets enough pressure on the quarterbacks to where they don't have to rely on secondary as much, but they did last year. So we saw the, the product of that. So, well, and I'll be interested to see this year with that because they, they do lose Barmore. So, but okay. Now, going back to Ole Miss, I, I, I'm with you. I, I would like to think that, see, they're such a wild card. Like, I could see eight games on the schedule where I look at the, and I say, well, they could, their offense, you know, is probably going to be better than eight of the teams they face. Now, their defense will be better than about 20% of what they face. So that, it's like you said, you know, defense kind of wins ball games. Now, I would push back a little bit on that because of what we've seen the last two seasons. You know, LSU and Alabama, probably the two greatest offenses that have ever stepped on football fields have won the title. But at the same time, you got to have enough defense to be able to stop somebody and that was the difference last year when Ole Miss played Alabama. You know, they scored 48 points, but they gave up 60. You know, so if if Ole Miss can just keep people from scoring 50 points, they should have an opportunity to beat just about anybody. But if I'm a betting man with you, I, I'm with you. I'm taking the under seven and a half. I think they win seven games. You know, I absolutely think they make it to a bowl game. You know, they're, I'm, I wouldn't predict a losing season for them. No way. But, uh, yeah, you know, now speaking of teams with losing seasons, Auburn, the Auburn Mm. Tigers, who I, you know, as an Alabama fan, I promise I will say some nice things about Auburn because there are some things about their team I like. There are some things I definitely don't like, but Vegas has them as six and a half wins this year. Harson's first year head coach. They're bringing back uh, 15 starters, six and a half over or under. I'm going to say under. 
I'm going six. I think <laughs> I think Auburn goes 500 this year, man. I, I, oh, boy. Eight offensive starters, seven defensive starters, strength of schedule, five. Five of 128. They got to go to Penn State, to LSU, host Georgia. That's not, you know, Georgia's a strong football team, probably the favorite in the East, maybe behind Florida. I don't know. I'm not real sure on that one. Hit them, hit them, hit them, hit them with the less miles. The damn fine football team. <laughs> There'll be no questions uh, from me. I represent me in this issue. Please ask anyway, me after. Uh, yeah, they got to go to Texas A&M and then finish off the season hosting their nemesis, defending champ Alabama. So I think they they lose to LSU, they lose to Georgia, they lose to A&M, they lose to Alabama, and Penn State, man. They're not a slouch team. They've they've come a long way. They're, they've they've kind of developed that program back to uh, relevance, I would say. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just I didn't like Auburn last year. I mean, I I never like Auburn, but they just looked weak at times last year, and I think they lost a lot of talent. And I don't know that they'll be able to replace some of those players that they lost. And I don't think they're going to be a winning football team this year. I think they're going to go 500. I'm going to push back some on that and I'm going to take the over. I think they go seven and five. Now for this to happen, they will have to, I think steal one or two games going on the road to Penn state is a question mark to me because, you know, Penn state started off so bad last year. I mean, they started off like, Oh, and five and then they lost, they won their last few games. So, if they face the Penn State team that played the last two or three games, you know, then it could be a toss-up. And you don't you don't know what kind of team Auburn's going to have. You don't know what kind of offense they're going to field. But the thing that I do like about Auburn this year is that they do have a new head coach. And I there's two parts to this. I like him for this reason that, you know, I think it's great for Bo Nix because Malzahn designs his systems around running quarterbacks. You know, the most success he's had was with guys like Cam Newton, Nick Marshall, guys that can actually run and, you know, run <laughs> run like gazelles and can also sling the ball around the field. So Bo Nix is not designed for that. I mean, he's huge. He's like, you know, 6'5", 215. I mean, he's not designed to run around back there. He needs to be standing back in the pocket, you know, slinging it around to his playmakers. And I think Harson will probably utilize that a lot better than Malzahn. And so I think that's a good thing for them. And also, they have a big freak at running back, you know, who I would argue is probably the number two back in the country at Tank Bigsby. But if they come out firing on all cylinders, you know, with a new offense and they get a lot of buy-in from their players, I think they could make some noise. Now, they do have some tough road tests, you know, like you said, at Penn State, at LSU, at Arkansas, at A&M, at South Carolina, who, you know, beat them in an unlikely win last year. So, they do have an extremely tough schedule, but given that I think Nix is really talented and I think he's just been poorly utilized, but I think that improves this year. And I've got, I'm going to take the over and go with seven wins. So I, I, I disagree with you a little bit there. Yeah, it is what it is. I just think that the, uh, the other teams in the SEC West are better than they were last year. The teams that normally, like LSU, those type of teams, are going to be better and stronger this year. And I think that that's going to weigh a little bit on Auburn's schedule. And uh, I don't know. I, just looking at Auburn from week one to week 12, you didn't see much progression. To me, they looked the same. They looked the same team. They didn't look like they got better at the game. They didn't look like they got better playing together. And the defense, 
yes, they're returning a lot of starters, but the defense was bad last year. Let's just say, call it like it is. I mean, they, they averaged what? They averaged 400 yards a game on defense. That's not going to get it done in the SEC West. Yeah, no, it's not. But again, they had Gus Malzahn as their head coach. I mean, by 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 midseason, the Gus bus was on fire. I mean, it was on the side of the road. It was on fire. Everybody wanted him out of there, quite obviously, because they paid a massive buyout to get rid of him. So, and how do we know that that the system that the Gus bus has created over the last several seasons is going to suit Brian Harson's offense? Yeah, we don't. And that's why I said they're a, they're kind of a big question mark. You know, you don't know. I, I think the the main beneficiaries right out of the gate are Bo Nix and probably Bixby, you know, but defensively, I have no idea what kind of scheme he's going to be running. You know, I mean, you could probably go back to his days at Boise State and figure it out. But going back to what I said, I like him for those things. What I don't like about him, the hire for them is that he's never coached in the Southeast ever which means he's never recruited the Southeast. Now, he did go out and make some good assistant coaching hires. And, you know, if he wants to depend on those guys to recruit him, the big dogs from Florida and Georgia and Texas, I mean, that, you know, more power to him. But that's my concern with him is like, can he recruit the Southeast with the Kirby Smarts, with the Dan Mullins, with the Nick Sabans of the world? If you can't recruit from those primo talent states, Florida, Georgia, Texas, then you're not going to be a coach, head coach in the SEC very long. Yeah. And just if, if you look at the stats for Auburn last season, they averaged, what, 380 yards a game in the Gus Malzahn offense. That's not good. Ugh, no. That's not Considering good. they put up over 500 against LSU and they still only averaged 380. I don't know. New system. Not great players. They did return everybody on their offensive line. So Yeah, the only the only thing that. that I'll the only thing that I'll say about that and push back a little bit on that and give them a little love is that it wasn't all SEC schedule. Typically those numbers are going to be a little bit skewed because you're gonna normally they're gonna play the Chattanoogas and the, you know, Mercers of the world and they're gonna, you know, drop seven hundred yards of offense and a half. So last year was kind of an outlier, but we're going way too long on Auburn here for a what we would consider a either seven or, you know, six win team, you know, going to one of the teams that they play against this year, who, Oh God, I got to tell you, I am, <laughs> I am not a fan of this team. I'll put it out right there that I'm taking the under here. Cause I ain't buying into leech and the air raid. Now I did predict them for two wins last year and they got four. They managed to get four, <laughs> but Vegas has got Mississippi state. It's six. And I'm going to tell you, I'm taking the under. I'd like to hear your take, though. What do you got? I wish I didn't have to go over or under on this one, but. Well, if you, yeah, if you've got them at six, you can just take them at six. If you want to, you know, if you're not going to bet it and you agree with Vegas, then yeah, put it out there. I'm good with it. Man, I, I got no faith. I got no faith in Leach, man. You, <laughs> if you don't want to bet on him, don't do it. Because let me tell you, Leach has screwed me on lines so many times in the past that I refuse to bet on a Mississippi State game. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go over. I, I think they win seven games. <laughs> going over. Golly. Yeah, I mean, they, seven gonna games. Beat, Who are they going to beat? Well, they're going to beat Louisiana Tech. They're going to beat NC State. They're going to beat Memphis. They're going to beat Vanderbilt. They're going to beat Kentucky. They're going to beat Arkansas. Whoa. They're going to beat okay. Tennessee State. <laughs> I mean, they might beat Ole Miss, but I think they for sure lose against LSU. They lose against Texas A&M, obviously Alabama and Auburn. 
for sure. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. I mean, that, <laughs> that, NC State, I don't know that that's a guaranteed win. I mean, them guys won eight games last year. They were a good football team. At Memphis, I don't know who the hell scheduled that game. Why the hell would you want to go to Memphis if you're Mississippi State? I mean, I've been to Memphis many times. And no disrespect to Memphis football fans, but if I'm an SEC school, I ain't trying to go there. I mean, I'm like, no, if we're going to play you guys, it's going to be at our house. Sorry. I don't know who. (laughs) Maybe they're getting paid a lot of money. But, I mean, that's not a gimme either. I mean, Memphis can score 50 points on just about anybody. Leach is going to go up there and hang a cowbell around <laughs> Memphis's. God dang. <laughs> they need more uh, cowbell in Memphis, and they're going to get it. <laughs> I got a fever. No, I ain't trying to hear that. Uh, but, you know, the, they're going on the road to A&M. Loss. LSU. Loss. That ain't, they ain't going to pull another crazy upset like they did last year. Man, LSU. They're, re- they're returning 16 starters, eight on both sides. Uh, they've, they've got experience. I mean, I... They do have experience, but I'll tell you something they don't have is depth. I mean, yeah. Leach cut like 30 dudes last year. Just cut them loose. Like, you guys aren't buying into the program. Adios. Oh, I mean, they're not going to do you any good if they're not buying in. Let somebody else step up that wants to. No, I agree with you, but be that as it may, when you go up against a team like A&M... You got to have some depth because your dudes are going to be gassed. Huh. A&M's going to crush them. Yeah, I agree. It'll be a thump job. And yeah. NC State and Memphis, those aren't guaranteed wins. I mean, I don't. Guaranteed. I mean, NC State will be favored Take over it to them. the bank. Take, <laughs> Take it to the bank. I would bet money right now NC State will be favored over them coming into the season. I could be wrong. Maybe they're not because it's at Mississippi State, but I guarantee you it won't be more than three or four points if they are favored. So, Memphis. LSU, I don't like any of those three games. And then Alabama lost at Vanderbilt. That should be a win. Kentucky, Kentucky thumped them last year. Like, drove them into the ground like a railroad spike. Just thumped them. Yeah. At at Arkansas, like you said, Arkansas bringing a bunch of dudes back. I actually like Pittman. So, that ain't a gimme win. At Auburn, that's a loss. They're not even close to Auburn at talent level. Yeah. Not, no one's debating the, the, the big teams. They're going to lose those games. Yeah, I agree. But you're, you're talking about going over six. I, I don't see where they win seven. Ole Miss, I don't think they can beat them. July 16th, Hunter said it first. Mississippi State wins seven games minimum. <laughs> let me let me be sure to tag freezing cold takes uh, on Twitter here so they can, they can come at your take with some cold water later. But, uh, you know. Now, yeah, moving on to, you know, um, the last team in the West here that we haven't talked about, Arkansas, three and seven last year. N- according to many different, you know, media outlets, they have the toughest schedule in the country. Yep. And I tend to agree. You know, when you draw Georgia out of the, out of the East, that's not good. <laughs> so, and, you know, Missouri is not going to be a slouch this year either. So, I, I don't like that for them. Vegas has them at five and a half. And well, give me your take and then I'll I'll tell you what I think about it. Uh, over under five and a half. Well below five and a half. I'm going to go three. Mm. They open the season with Rice. Then they play Texas. <sighs> See, now the Texas game, that's a question mark to me. I don't know how good Texas is going to be. They don't have to be that good. 
<sighs> well, that's true. They don't. Dude, that Arkansas team last year was abysmal. Like they were bad for Arkansas standards, which is pretty pretty bad. Yeah, you know, and that's funny because when they opened the season against Georgia, I mean, that game was like tied at halftime. And I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> man, week one jitters. Yeah, maybe so. You know, Georgia comes out and second half puts them away. But, I mean, they did win some meaningful games last year. You know, I mean, they beat Ole Miss. They beat Mississippi State on the road. Listen to what you just said, though. They beat Ole Miss. Is that really meaningful? <sighs> yeah. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe I think it's going to be meaningful this year, not last year. But if, uh, if they win this year, maybe it'll be somewhat meaningful to Arkansas. <laughs> but to your everyday college football fan, who cares about that game? Yeah, that's true. That's Unless you're point. a fan of either one of those teams, nobody's watching that. Yeah, not very exciting. And I don't have a lot of faith in KJ Jefferson now. They do have one of the best wide receivers in the country on their team, Traylon Burks. That guy's a freak. So. I mean, he'll be a first-round draft pick. So they better get that. They better get that dude the ball ten to twelve times a game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm in agreement with you. I think it's well under. You know, there's no reason to spend a ton of time talking about Arkansas. But I, I agree. Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern, Rice, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. Those are automatic wins. I think they steal one game from the SEC schedule. I think they manage to win one. You know. At, at least one, you know, Mississippi State at home, that's a winnable game. I mean, they beat them last year on the road. So, yeah, at any rate, I would, I would max five wins, but I think they win three. Yeah. And honestly, you know, as an Alabama fan, I would love to see Auburn go there and lose. It's their homecoming, but you know, I don't, <laughs> I think Auburn is quite a fan. I would love to see Alabama go everywhere and lose. <laughs> I would love to see Alabama lose at home every week. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, even the Roman Empire fell eventually, buddy. We're going to change sides here. SEC East. I'm going to bring in the SEC East, and I'm going to give these numbers to Jason, and he's going to let us know what he thinks, and I will tell him if he's right or wrong. Because <laughs> you're all seeing and all knowing. Soothsayer Hunter over here. Especially about Mississippi State, apparently. Really, man, Mississippi State. They're going to win seven games. <laughs> this, I hope that ages well, by the way. Yeah, so first team, we're going to move into Georgia and the Bulldogs coming off a pretty good season. Um, strong football, damn strong football team. Um, Jason, they got them at 10 and a half. What do you think? <sighs> 10 and a half. I'm going to say, if I was going to bet, I would say over. Defense got gutted. Yeah, it did. Now, on the back end, they did. Now, they do have, you know, I would say probably behind Clemson, they have the best defensive line in the country behind Clemson. Mm -hmm. The problem for them is is that they play Clemson the first week of the season. So, you know. Nothing like facing your fears. (laughs) Right. So, well, we got a great defensive line. Well, shit, Clemson's got a better one. I think they're... The over and under depends on that first game, honestly. Because if they lose to Clemson, if they come out and have a poor showing and lose a game, which Georgia has been known to do in the past under Mark Rick, not so much under Kirby Smart. But if they can man, I mean, they're going to be, I think the line in the Clemson game is four right now in favor of Clemson. It's in Charlotte. It's a neutral side game. The line's going to be four points. That's what it'll open up at. Um, I think it'll close a little bit. You know, as the betting starts, but 
If they can manage to beat Clemson, they could very well run the table. So if it's a 10 and a half, I'm going to take the over because I think even if they lose to Clemson, the rest of their schedule, I, no one on their, they, they will be favored in 11 games this year, I think. I, I don't think they'll be, you know, unless they just drop a couple of games just randomly or somebody gets injured or, you know, something crazy along those lines. I mean, JT Daniels, he ain't coming off an injury this year. He's going to be the, you know, clear starter. He's got a year of the offense under his belt. They have the deepest running back core in the country. I mean, all four of their guys, they got a four-headed monster. You know, all four of those dudes could start for any team in the Pac-12. Now, granted, that's not saying much as the Pac-12, but, mm. you know, it's an extremely deep running back core. And that's what their strength is going to be built around. You know, Pickens tearing his ACL in the spring, that hurt. Um, Eric Gilbert, I don't know if he's going to be eligible or not. Supposedly, he may be. You know, the transfer from LSU. Um, so, sorry about your luck there, by the way. Um, <laughs> For you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't see anybody on their SEC schedule that's going to be on par with them talent-wise. And... You know, I, mean, I know Florida beat them down in the second half last year, but all those guys that put up big numbers on them are gone. Trask, he ain't going to be there. I don't see Emory Jones slinging it around the field like Trask was. So I'm going to take the over and say they win at least 11. But if they beat Clemson, I think they run the table and go 12-0 and heading into the SEC title game. Yeah, that's fair. I mean... That's the that's the toughest game. They're going to get it out of the way in week one, so that'll tell us everything we need to know about Georgia. Uh, yeah, and that, you know that it gives a good uh, gives a good barometer of where they're at. You know, playoff wise. I mean, you you come out in midseason form and you beat Clemson week one, they may jump them up to number one. You know, they probably will. I mean, they'll probably start the yeah. season four or five. You know, and if they beat Clemson, you know, they'll probably jump to one in the nation, which is fine. But you know, my stance that I'm. I'm never a fan of, of of rankings until you get to at least week eight, week ten. I mean, I need I need to see what you're about first. Everything else doesn't matter. Well, it sells tickets, but yeah, you're right. It's it's pretty useless to have them before week eight. Um, well, it's pretty useless to have them before you know the bowl season. So, but uh, yeah, you know, it creates interest and lets us gives us something to talk about for sure. Yeah, and another tough team they're going to have on their schedule. Are the Florida Gators? You know the Florida Georgia game. That's always a good one. Great to watch, whether they're good or bad. It's a world's largest cocktail party. Good time. Um, what do you got with Florida? I mean, Vegas has Florida at nine. I've got my my thoughts about that one. But what do you think? I, I'm going to take the under. I think Florida regresses yeah. this year. Uh, I'm going to take the under. You know, nine games. I think they have a chance to get to nine. You know, but I've got them taking losses. Against Alabama, I've got them taking a loss at LSU. I mean, LSU beat them last year, and LSU wasn't very good last year. And I don't think Florida will be near as good as they were last year. So I've got them taking a loss there, and I've got them taking a loss against Georgia. Now, they go on the road to South Carolina and to Missouri. I think both of those are losable games with the amount of talent that they lost to the draft and to graduations, transfer portal, those kind of things. Florida State, that's a win. <laughs> Sorry, Florida State. I'm, I'm not buying you until you win a meaningful game. But I'm going to take the under and say they win eight games. I think they lose those three and then probably drop one along the way. Um, 
you know, they, they just, they got gutted, man. I do. I mean, I like Dan Mullen as far as just a coach. I don't like betting on him because I've been, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I wish I had my picks in front of me from the last two years. Like I've been screwed by Florida more times than I could count. Now I did bet on them last year against Georgia and they came through, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be, you know, taking the, I'm not going to be betting on them if they're favored very much this year. I think they're favored in probably nine games. So I'll, but I'm going to say they win eight. Yeah. They lost a lot of talent. I mean, they, they're only bringing back five players on both sides of the ball. Uh, never been convinced with Dan Mullen. Um, I think he had Mississippi state going in the right direction and he left. So, but I mean, rightfully so I would have jumped ship to go to Florida too. It's a big primetime opportunity. So, Oh, well, yeah. Who the hell wants to be in Starkville? No offense, Mississippi State fans, but I've been to Starkville. I'd rather live in Gainesville. Sorry. Ain't no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Florida does have to go on the road to Kentucky, the Wildcats. What are we saying? Kentucky, oh. seven. They got Kentucky winning seven games. See, this was the toughest one for me. I like Stoops. Seven I games. Have, I, I have rode Stoops so many times and he's come through for me so many times on point spreads 2019 i mean i rode him like a pony man i mean he went nine and four against the spread in 2019 i mean i they were like the university of residual income (laughs) so you know know, it's it's tough for me to go against him but last year you know they came out and laid a big egg you know like four and i think they went four and six against the spread last year so I was kind of out on Stoops last year, but I mean, looking at their schedule, it's pretty favorable. I mean, especially in the first half of the season, they got one road game, you know, out of their first six games. So they're going to be at home for ULM and Chattanooga, two cupcakes. That's two wins. Mizzou at home, that's winnable. I'm not going to say that's not a winnable game. I think Mizzou's better this year, but you know, it's at home. Playing on the road in the SEC is tough. At South Carolina, I think they win that game. Florida at home, LSU at home, Georgia on the road. You talk about a damn gauntlet of a schedule. Florida, LSU, Georgia, back to back to back. I think they come out of that with maybe one win. I kind of agree with Vegas here. You know, I I think they maybe win seven games. But after what Stoops did to me last year, I got to take the under. (laughs) I'm going to say six wins. The only Stoops that matters in this sport is Bob Stoops, and that ain't Bob Stoops. Yeah, long since retired. So that uh, I, I, I'm going to go under. I say they win six. I, yeah, I can't. I would agree. They'll they'll win six at best if they're lucky because the the beef of their schedule is tough. It gets hot and heavy quick, and it stays that way for about five games. Well, yeah, like I say, get a road game in South Carolina, which isn't a given for them. They should win, but it's not a given. And then you come back home for a three game stretch of Florida LSU at Georgia. Oh God! So yeah. I'm going to take the under there. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't really care about Kentucky. They suck. We suck. <laughs> yeah. They, we suck. I felt super bad for Kentucky in one game last year against Auburn. You know, Auburn under Malzahn was the luckiest team in the history of football. And Kentucky got totally screwed in that game. And I feel like it derailed their season. But, you know, moving on from Kentucky, six wins, I think, is a, a bowl bid. I think that's probably a good prediction. No, I think they lose at home to Missouri, and that's who we're going to talk about next. Missouri, another team 
Vegas has with seven wins. I mean, shit. Vegas has every team in the SEC, six or better, except for two. Wild. I know. And that. Well, six or better, except for three, which is hard to believe for me. But yeah, I I mean, and I'm kind of looking down the schedule and I'm with them. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, they could win a lot of games, but I'm sitting there going, I'm doing the math going, no, they can't win seven games. They can, <laughs> I mean, all these other teams that I predicted to win eight or nine, no, they're not going to win seven. Uh, Mizzou, seven. I kind of agree with Vegas here. I think seven games. Now, I'll say this. I think they are a year away. They have got young guys all over the field. I mean, especially, you know, in the secondary and, well, just really everywhere. They've got freshmen and sophomores all over the field. Basilic is the unquestioned starter. I think he's a, you know, he was pretty good last year as a freshman. He's got good composure. You know, he he seems like he doesn't get rattled, really. So I think that'll serve him well on the road. And they really don't have a tough road schedule. I mean, their toughest road test is Georgia. Obviously, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss. But at Kentucky, at Boston College, at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, I mean, I think all those are winnable games. So, you know, yeah, I think they, seven home games. Yeah, so I'm actually going to take the over if I'm going to bet, and I'll give them eight wins. Holy um, shit. I get, <laughs> I know, right? Mizzou, who would have thought? Um, this is my you know, Mississippi State take, since you think they're going to win seven games. I'll say eight for Mizzou. I'll take the over. Um, now, if <laughs> that's, you, that's being forced to bet under or over. Um, I think Vegas is probably spot on with seven wins there. Yeah, but, uh, I, would, I would take seven. Yeah, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have to pick six or eight, I think they win eight because I just I like I like their quarterback. I think he's pretty good. They did lose Roundtree. That sucks for him because I, mean, I think he's their all time leading rusher. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I'll take the over. I'll give him a little love. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sold on it, but for the purpose of this podcast. We'll take the over. Mm. Hot take, cold take, whatever you want to call it, whatever kind of take it is. It's not a popular take. Oh, it's freezing cold. I think it's cold. It's not It's not quite freezing. I mean, well, we'll see how well it ages. You know. I predicted, I predicted Georgia to go undefeated. They'll probably go beat Georgia. We'll see how that goes. Okay. South Carolina. Three and a half. <sighs> Oof. <laughs> South Carolina. I don't know what else to say. Just, well, all right. Three and a three and a half. I'm actually gonna give them a little love. I'm gonna say over. I think they go four and eight. Now, I do think they will be a little bit exciting to watch, maybe for a half of some of their games. Um, I don't want to just completely poo-poo them. You know, they do have a new head coach, you know, Shane Beamer. Son of the, you know, world famous special teams guy, Frank Beamer from Virginia Tech. Um, he's going to play some Beamer ball down in South Carolina. So what, what, what I'm interested in seeing from them, you know, is if they're in a close game, I feel like they're going to get somebody, you know, whether it be, you know, at Tennessee or, you know, like at Missouri, 
they're going to get somebody. Somebody's going to fuck around and get a kick blocked in the last, in the last like, you know, 30 seconds of the game and they're going to scoop and score and it's going to be over. Like, I feel like they could steal a win this year, but just from a sheer talent standpoint, they got a tough road, man. I, I'm going to give them a little love and say f- over three and a half just because, I mean, four and eight, that's still an abysmal season, but. I do really like their running back, uh, Kevin Harris. That guy, he's a freak. I mean, he, I mean, he put up over a thousand yards against ten SEC foes. So that's that's not a you know, that ain't no slouch thing. That's nothing to you know write home about. But it's also not easy. I mean, he was the only talented player on their entire team last year, pretty much. I mean, you look at they beat Vanderbilt forty-one to seven. Vanderbilt is god awful last year and an unlikely win against Auburn who I, you know, I bet on South Carolina that game. I think they were a 17 point dog (laughs) and uh, they won the game outright. So thanks a lot, uh, you know, to the Hulk, Will Muschamp, who, you know, I hate that the Hulk's not in the SEC anymore, but you know, I enjoyed uh, watching his sideline rants, but I'm going to go over three and a half and say four games. You want to hear something interesting about South Carolina last year? Was there anything interesting? Yeah, there was one thing that's actually very interesting. And I mean one thing. One thing. They only netted positive yards in one game. What? Yeah. Net yards. How's that, how's that even possible? Oh, man. Well, maybe that's the reason Muschamp got fired. Yeah, Vanderbilt was the only game they had net positive yards. That's the you know the difference between offensive total and defensive total. Yeah, they netted positive once. Maybe I should change my pick and go under three and a half. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to be seven hundred yards to Mississippi State. I'm going to get texts like you know here in five seconds talking about how bad these takes are. Oh God! All right, let's move on from a four win team, maybe four. I think South Carolina doesn't win an SEC game next year or this year. Oh, God. Poor Shane Beamer. Yeah. Anyways, your favorite team, Tennessee. Who? The Volunteers. Lane Kiffin's still singing Rocky Top. (laughs) I'll I'll give it to Tennessee. They do have one of the tightest fight songs out there. You know, Rocky Top is, is great. I'm just like, well, I hate your colors. That orange makes me want to vomit, but uh, I do like your fight song. So, uh, it's strange. Tennessee, <laughs> they've got Tennessee at six wins, which is right where I would put them. Um, I wouldn't want to bet over or under on this one. Um, returning 12 starters, seven on defense, five on offense. Where are you putting Tennessee? And don't be biased. Well, there's a little obvious bias on this podcast, if you didn't know that. But um, no, I kind of agree with Vegas at six wins. But that being said, I think it's very, they could very easily go five and seven or seven and five. It just, you know, there's so much uncertainty with their team. They, you know, they brought in a bunch of transfers, you know, Heupel, he's, He's taking the Gus Malzahn approach. I'm going to bring in a bunch of transfer quarterbacks. You know, Joe Milton, Hendon Hooker, you know, all the, I mean, Milton's kind of the favorite to start. And, you know, rightfully so. He's probably the best of the bunch. But, you know, last year, 
you know, they they were just kind of a fickle team. Like I I bet on Mizzou last year, and they thumped Mizzou. I watched that game. It was abysmal. They crushed them, and then went on a you know eight game losing streak after that, only beating Vanderbilt. I mean, <laughs> I Heupel. I don't know what kind of offense he's going to run. You know, but that guy could score points. We saw it at UCF. Maybe it works in the SEC too. Maybe he brings a, you know, a new energy and that kind of stuff. But if I've got to take an over under, I'm going to take under and say five and seven because I just don't. I, I don't have a lot of faith in their skill position players, and I don't have. You know, they do have seven starters coming back on defense. That's good for them. I I think defensively they'll be better. But offensively, they've got to develop an identity. They have to get an identity. And until they do that, I'm going to pick the under. Hmm. That's good. Because I don't really give a shit. The only time I think about Tennessee is the time uh, LSU lost the game when Les Miles had probably his worst moment in time management in college football history. uh, I I thought that was against Ole Miss. You talking about that where he clocked it with one second? There was, there was, well, that happened more than once, but this one was worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, bring out uh, bad memory. Clock it. Coach, you oh. can't clock it. There's one second. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't know who said to clock it. Wasn't me. Last team, <laughs> SEC East. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to spend about. Three seconds talking about Vanderbilt. Oh and nine a year ago. What's the give me the give me the total? What is it? Three wins. Three wins for Vanderbilt. Looking at their schedule, East Tennessee State win. That's the only win I see on their schedule. <laughs> at Colorado State, possibly winnable. Yukon, possibly winnable. So, yeah, I'm going to go under. I think they lose either to Colorado State on the road. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. under. They won't win an SEC game. They won't. They didn't last year. Well, the good thing for them is, is that Mason's gone. You know, that guy was my most hated coach in the league, you know, behind, but well, probably not, behind Chip Kelly and Harbaugh. God, I can't stand either one of those guys, but I couldn't stand Mason. Out there acting like a buffoon when they beat, you know, a team that they shouldn't have beat, and then they turn around and get beat by fifty. I got no patience for that kind of crap. <laughs> so, but that being said, yeah, I'm going to take the under. The good thing that Vanderbilt has going for them is they're bringing back 17 players, starters, which they're bringing back the same shitty ass football team that they had last year. Yeah, so that's hopefully what I was it'll be say. a little bit less shitty. The bad yeah, thing is, is everybody else got a little bit better. Yeah, I was going to say they may be bringing back. You know, 17 guys, but those 17 guys sucked last year. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe yep. maybe they'll be improved, um, but I'm going to say it's going to take at least a year or two, you know, before they're competitive. Um, they did bring in a good coach to coach the team. I mean, Clark Lee, he's Notre Dame's defensive coordinator. I mean, he could coach defense. There's no question there. So, defensively, I think they improve immediately. Now, granted, Mason might have been a good defensive coach, too, but I think the culture, I think people were just, they weren't buying what Mason was selling anymore. Mm. Clearly, that was one of the worst teams in the 
history of the SEC. It was god awful. So, but I don't want to spend any more talk time talking about Vanderbilt. I'm over it. I'm over it. Well, we've we've definitely gone over our our usual amount of time, but this is going to be an action packed podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you're still with us and you stayed awake through the Vanderbilt discussion, I applaud you because <laughs> I almost fell asleep myself. Um, <laughs> I just want to. I just want to remind everybody to go and, and follow us, follow the show on Twitter. That's where you'll get updates about episodes, what we're going to be talking about. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. But um, next week, we're going to be covering Big Ten. We're going to be doing this every week leading up to college football kickoff weekend. So um, if you have any questions for us, you can get in contact with us on the Twitter uh, at Southeast <laughs> at South End Zone Pod. And we'll answer your questions on the show next time. We're still pretty new. It's our first real episode. Last week was a short pilot. But if you have any remarks or want to leave us some feedback, let us know on Twitter. And please, if you're listening, give us a five-star review on iTunes. That'll help us get more exposure and get the show lifted off the ground. Uh, Jason, you want to add anything else before we close? Like you said, yeah. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We'll hit you back up. If you want to send us some questions, you can send us uh, on Twitter or you can email us at southendzonepodcast at gmail.com. You know, feel free to roast my takes. I love it. I will put you on blast in a heartbeat if you make a stupid take in an email. So <laughs> I ain't scared. Send us a, send us any comments, questions you got. We'll uh, talk about them on the show. Um, but yeah, Big Ten coming next week. I'm pumped up. College football season's almost here. Here we go. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate your support, and we'll come back to you next week with the Big Ten. See you later. Later.